Welcome back. It's been a while. Uh, this is the Vanquisher's Guide podcast. I'm Bradley. I'm Randy. And I'm Bryce. Welcome back, people. Two weeks. Dude, oh, man. It, was, it feels like forever. It was the longest two weeks of my life. And every every like week it'd come up and I'm like, all right, is is this the week? And it's like, is no, this the okay, week? We gotta wait a little bit longer. No, but but we should be good for a good while. You know, absolutely so that'll, that'll be great now that we kind of got our schedules more lined a, up and whatnot a good one or two days we're gonna be good for at least that long amen <laughs> uh, i know we generally would say this at the end of the episode but just maybe real quick thank you all to everybody that's returning just yeah. big thank you. no it's i never thought we would get to where we are i mean we're not like crazy popular or anything right yet but like i never thought we'd be where we are today and yeah yeah i mean it's, it's you guys that listen you know it's, I, yeah. <laughs> it's just so it's so great to see that we have people coming back every week yeah, very nice absolutely. so grateful yeah well what are we talking about this week so i'm really excited because when i thought I'm, about today's, I'm excited too. today's episode i i don't know like why this came to my head and it's i mean it's obviously because i kind of have a thing for scandinavia but, but you do a little little bit little bit but we're we're not even going to touch norse mythology today so that's, that's are you whoa. kidding me i, never I feel so lied to no so um it's actually going to be pretty interesting so we're going to be in finland today mm. oh and, awesome. and the surrounding some of the surrounding areas just not towards sweden and norway um so uh, I apologize if I say this wrong. I don't speak Finnish. Um, Why not? <laughs> because I mean, that like... is a hard, that's a hard language. I will tell you. <laughs> yeah, time uh, to start learning, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. I'm, I'm going to pronounce this Haydn Hervey. Man, you had two weeks to learn I, Finnish. Come on. Haydn I uh, am definitely more confident in that last word. But Is that... Is that Hervey fully loaded? <laughs> it is. What a classic it's reference. Ready to go. What a, oh, what a, what a bad series of movies. So I'm going to assume, but I don't like assuming. <laughs> Do you guys know Hayden Hervey? Have you ever heard of that before? Uh, um, unless it's talking about the, the car. No, I've never heard of it before. So <laughs> I, I always get like a Discord notifications on my phone and so i was working and then i saw this pop up and i was like what in the heck and so you cheated you looked it up it you google? My, my phone screams it at me i did not google this well and it's you, totally fine okay. because if you try to google this you'll find like maybe one or two reddit posts and something else that i'll talk about but like you'll find Excellent. almost nothing so you just made it all up today for you. For I completely made like Finland doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> I was always suspicious. It was a lie. Just like the cake. <laughs> Finland is a no, lie. So, um it just it just took I just had to do a different type of research today for this uh mm. beautiful creature. And uh I'm just I'm really excited. So this is one of those folklore stories that has been around for such a long time. Mm -hmm. But not only that, it is still in pop culture in Finland today. It hasn't really, oh, really? exited like so it, it's like, so it's still pretty local. Europe. Um so yeah, it, like and it's it's kind of it's kind of difficult to pinpoint the exact reach that it's had throughout history. Right. Other than in like pop culture, right? But like so because I mean borders change all the time and I'll talk about it a little bit, but like um from from its like location, it's it's definitely still there. People still talk about it. Um I might as well just spoil it now. There are like folk songs about it that nice. have lasted for hundreds and hundreds of years. This these these poems and songs have lasted. And so they're still very strong there today. I didn't I apologize, I didn't go in and like translate the those songs because i had yeah. i don't even know where to start with that and i don't yeah, but did to... you learn how to sing the songs in their native language i'm, I'm yeah, prepared you to sing, sing for you today no <laughs> yeah, i'm ready for you to sing in. but uh i just it, nonetheless I, to make that long very long story short basically um 
unless you're in those areas, you really are probably never going to hear about this. And so I just thought it would be fun to talk about that because there's really not, you know, much English so, written about it. Yeah. <laughs> so are, are you are you telling me that you went to Finland and talked to people in Finland that's to get what, the information we, for this? That's why we took the break. So I could go uh-huh. to- <laughs> so that way we could get this information from the source directly from exactly. Finland. Straight out um, the tap, man. Mm-hmm. I actually, so, um, funny enough, um, it's not in Finland, but I have a pen pal that's in Norway. Um, I should have asked nice. him if, yeah. he, if he knew anything. I didn't, though. Oh, Missed opportunity. Cool. So you won't hear about this unless you live in Finland or you listen to this podcast, right? No. Right. Like, I mean, like we're like the first people to ever talk about this. No. <laughs> Inside scoop. Nobody's ever heard of this before, but now. No. But... Uh, but that's super cool that like there's like a lot of folk songs you said about it and like, oh, a lot of, like music and it's like if you type it in on like on YouTube you won't find any like content creators talking about it. All you'll True. see is some like folk songs about it, which it's is just cool. very very cool. Yeah, like I I listened to a couple and they're like I mean I I happen to really like folk music anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, when I say folk music, I don't mean like banjo or whatever like you think about. Like, like folklore music that makes gotcha. sense. Oh, okay but uh, like so a yeah. story in a song exactly. mm-hmm. gotcha. so cool. now uh, so you might be you might get to this later and at which point if you do i apologize but is there like a not necessarily a direct like translation of this uh, creature into another uh lore but is there like kind of a similar analog creature in other lores that like like so is there a different creature that we might be like kind of familiar with that's similar to this in other lores or is this like very different creature like maybe is this like finnish uh bigfoot or something yeah like like similar Uh, to something like that bigfoot no there are definitely Uh similarities so like in that time period yes this probably would have been a cryptid um it's not a cryptid i wouldn't say it's a cryptid now um because i think for the most part people just look at this as history like history more than uh, like right. well, like, like like a folklore history like a mythology mm-hmm. history, right uh as opposed to like hey this thing is real kind of stuff um but it uh, we you will see some similarities to some norse mythology stuff to christianity to a couple things as we as we go into this gotcha well anyway it's i feel so, like we've been uh prefacing before, this a bit <laughs> before we dive into the creature specifically i know we just did a whole prelude anyways um i'm gonna re i'll re-say the name just because like it's been been like five minutes um it's hayden harvey i probably just pronounced it differently than the first time but it's fine every Uh, time it'll be different (laughs) probably um so before we get into it though finnish mythology like i said it it's not norse mythology um which a lot of people even me to a degree like i'm so much better like no i'm not sorry <laughs> even <laughs> me like because like, like i knew that finnish mythology was different um right. like their main gods is similar to thor in a way but not thor it's some someone else so like there are some like connections but um finnish mythology is very cool to me because it's very deep there's a lot of really cool stories in it but it's also kind of like like low-key like no one talks about right it. It's um, very deep, but nobody like, but it's kind of localized in just that area and hasn't spread out like others have. Well, it, well yes, but it's spread out more east. It has it has spread out. So, because um, hmm. it didn't actually technically, it, it's hard because. So, let me just let me just start afresh. So, Finnish mythology is part of a broader mythology that's called the Finnic mythology. So, Finnic mythology is um, or another. Another word that might be a little bit more familiar is finno ergic Yeah, I've heard of that one for sure. Definitely. Probably, oh, okay. So <laughs> for it, people, it, that, people that it's like like study some like right. geology or geology geography, that's the word. Um, base, if you've heard that word before, basically what that means is a grouping of languages, grouping of right. uh, common cultures found within. Um, basically like uh the indigenous part of 
Europe, like Northern Europe. Gotcha, gotcha. So that would encompass that would encompass parts of Russia, parts of uh, even um, like like Finland, parts of you know just that part of Europe. So like Eastern Europe, basically. So we're talking more about like a localized like geographical area, exactly restricted by borders. Because like Norse mythology, right? It's pretty easy to say Denmark, uh, Sweden. Uh, Norway right because right. those boundaries haven't changed as much even like because it's just been so localized there and it's been consistent but with Finnic mythologies it's a much wider bigger area covered different groups of people a lot more than just like the Norse people right so it's it's a much broader mythology interesting so we get parts of Estonia Slavic and Baltic mythologies are also kind of similar to this Wow. Would you say it's the like this mythology has been like passed around through a lot more cultures than maybe a lot of other mythologies? Uh, ex- yes, because it's it's started with the indigenous people of this area, then it went to the people that colonized it, the now Finn like Finnish people, and the now you know Russian people, and then you know the the now Baltic people and stuff. To Dang. where is through with the indigenous to that now to modern days this this mythology is just so impressively diverse that's crazy fascinating Um, and uh so it does have some similarities like i said to norse mythology but like it's not it's it's awesome it's such its own mythology and it's 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 very fun to study so um as a like even norse mythology right it was like almost 100 percent oral and Mm -hmm. uh there, and it didn't start getting written down until Christianity, right? right. Um, very similar to this mythology, but the oral tradition has stayed alive way better, in my opinion, uh, because the the folk songs that have that exist today have existed for a, a long time. It's not like these new songs that are coming out, right? Mm-hmm. And, like I guess uh, that's that's pretty true. Is that like one, probably one of the best ways to like preserve culture is maybe through music? Mm-hmm. Oh, I completely agree exactly you know like uh, music has so much more of like a a distinct like n- maybe not quite nostalgia but just like you really remember music better maybe than you do like stories or at least i do right i mean stories can change and stories can adapt and evolve with you know and, and I, so songs can as well but i feel like songs hold meaning and hold tradition more than just a story yeah i, I think it's not but i think it's harder to change the story if it's in a song because i mean if not for, if for any other reason just because the lyrics of the song will rhyme and like will go with the beat and so if you try and change a story when it's already in a song it kind of unless you do it really well can sound really odd whereas yeah, if if you're just telling a story you could change the story however way you want and no one will know because it's not really a a beat or a mm-hmm. rhythm that you're you're trying to keep to. But I think stories told in song will stay pretty true for a lot longer because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and so most of these myths do predate Christianity. So much so oh, okay. like, original, like um indigenous cultures, right? That's what it's mm-hmm. and then it's also lasted to and, and then so like we do have these pre-christian stories we also have these same stories told from a christianity's view and lens and what's very cool unlike norse mythology is these two have stayed independent of one another and i just find that very cool just because we don't like that in most most mythologies that christianity had held had a hold on that's so like yeah that's so like fascinating to see like the differences Mm -hmm. and like how they were changed you know totally um and so uh very similar to like in like norse mythology we have the prose Eda, we have the um you know we have writings and stuff and all of those were from the christian era right and right. so very similarly we have the kavuvala i think that's how it's pronounced um so that is basically their edas their their epic poems and stuff written down and that also is the christian version of like the prosita and stuff right gotcha um and so this and and so i'm going to go through both of the stories the pre-christian and the christian era um 
what's very cool about the uh, Kaluvala, I think that's what that's pronounced, is that the Finnish people consider this their national epic. Huh. Uh, and so it, it's... Man, I wish we had a national epic. I was thinking the same US. thing. Yeah. You're right. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think ours would be very good. Yeah, but anyway, the the concept of having a national epic is is pretty it's interesting. Very, very cool. Yeah, and in this Kaluvala um, is we do find the Haydn Hirva Hirvi Hirvi. Gotcha. So let's let's get into it, right? So the Haydn Hirvi um, basically looks. It's hard with the translations, uh, but it basically resembles a moose or a reindeer or an elk and it really just depends on the area um whether or not you know one of those creatures was right. more common but for the most part from what i was able to see moose is the most common translation and would be considered the most correct version gotcha well moose are usually the largest of i think as far as i'm aware the largest of all of those creatures oh, so for sure Freaking massive, man. They're humongous. Speaking of that, it is known that the this creature does stand much larger than humans. So gotcha. So that adds up, yeah. And not only that, they have very wide, big antlers. Dang. Now, so a quick question that maybe you don't know the answer to, but like it stands larger than humans, but like so does a normal mute um moose moose typically. Yeah, so is so, this larger than a normal moose as well? Like, is it an abnormally large moose or is it like kind of just a special moose, but that's kind of similar sized? It's like a well, dire and, and moose. So we'll, dire moose. So, so dire it moose. really depends because the pre-Christian era, I think it would have been just a normal moose. Gotcha. Uh, maybe like a spirit of a normal uh-huh, moose. But, like, uh-huh. but once we get into the Christian era, you'll see a gotcha. lot of times with that these things turn incredibly mystical right and then at that point i feel like it would be larger than a normal moose Uh, i gotcha and that sounds about right more like ethereal as well yeah because especially like the further back in history you go back in like the indigenous time of europe um but like the first religions were even were very animalistic not in the fact Mm -hmm. of the cow but their religions were yeah, yeah, very yeah. based everything revolved around like animals and everything um and especially a lot of the, the deities of were religious or, or were a lot of the deities were animals right and yeah. so that's why i think in the earliest stories it would have it would have just been a normal moose um okay. i mean other than it would have been a little bit like more sentient maybe but like sure. it would have been moose. Gotcha. um and yeah, i think we've so, talked about this in the past where like it seems like creatures back in the day used to be a lot smaller and as time has gone forward people have made these creatures larger and larger and larger and so now like what they normally oh, folklore yeah, just like, mythology kind of stuff yeah, yeah. like increase the grandioseness yeah of the story. just like the supersizing of these creatures like look at godzilla over his lifetime he's gone from like a normal sized just mutant lizard to now he's like colossal and like like knocking over skyscrapers and stuff so like mm-hmm. things just are getting larger naturally as time progresses so that makes sense yeah. uh, and so like i said uh the hayden hirvi was around before the christian era during the christian era and then like modern day which i guess would still be christian era but like you know what i mean mm-hmm. um christianization of that area and then right modern okay um so it's like I said, it's very cool that the fact that this legend still exists today. If you went up to a Finnish person and asked them, they would be able to tell you what it was. Um, I'm gonna hold you to that. Probably, I mean, do it. I don't. I don't. We really go know. ask a Finnish person, and they better know. <laughs> um, and so we do have um, a couple like sagas that have been written that do include the hidden hervi um there's n- other than like the, the couple songs i was saying um there's not like a whole one saga specifically about the creature but it mm-hmm. is involved in the creature in these sagas so and like i said i'm gonna be able to separate the pre-christian and then the pet post-christian era area era, era that's words um and just kind of look at the differences so like my appearance like when i was going over the appearance 
all I, you know, it's just normal moose right. or whatever. But and you'll be able to get a little bit more idea of what what kind of stuff you're looking at, especially the post-Christian era, and it's going to be very different. But uh, so, um, like I said, it was very difficult to find any information just in general on mm-hmm. uh, on this creature. Um, so I do want to thank Creator on Reddit. This guy was awesome um, with the information that he had. So nice. big shout out to him for the pre-Christian era description. So, um, Hayden Hervey means moose, um, elk or reindeer, but he was pretty sure that moose was the correct translation. Um, so it means a moose that comes from the underworld. Um, oh, underworld hey. meaning not evil or relating to hell, mm-hmm. but basically a plane that is just dangerous for mortals. Gotcha. Okay. Um, specifically, like you said, this isn't worlds. relating to like an afterlife. Has nothing to do with afterlife. Has nothing to do with pain, torture, nothing like that. Just literally like another dimension. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So it's not even referencing to like an undead moose. It's just basically a different yeah. dimension. It's an alien moose. Pretty, pretty much. Interdimensional <laughs> um, space. Sorry, you're all, right. Interdimensional all, moose. I'll go into it a little bit. In a, in a little bit but uh the finnish mythology on everything is is kind of that like th- our world has um like sub worlds we have an upper world the middle world and the lower world which actually is pulled into some like uh how would i say like c- think of like lord of the rings right there's like middle earth there's I was just going to say, are you telling me we're living in Middle Earth right now? Exactly. Middle Earth is inside the Earth. Oh, (laughs) Um, I'm so so foolish. I do believe um, J.R.R. Tolkien took most of his stuff from Judeo religions and um, Norse mythology, but it does seem that he took potentially this idea from from, uh, the Finnish mythology uh, just uh, of like layered dimensions or planes of existence and it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not actually it wouldn't be like there's one above us us and one below right. us it's not a it's not dimensioned like that because mm-hmm. the translation just become upper middle and lower it could have been it could have meant something different before right, right. but uh the most popular most notable tales um come from like southern finland um, and then older versions and older myths even that are less popular can be found throughout most northern and northeastern Europe, especially like Western Siberia. Interesting. Um, but very, you know, far out that we're we're getting these stories from. And uh, so I guess I'll go into it now. So the world is divided in in this uh, in this like religion and everything into three parts, um, which I mentioned the word before, Finno. Um, Urgic shamanism so like that whole part of that like area of the world you have the higher world it's called the Elin which houses mm-hmm. the celestial things the middle world which is um, Keskin um, which is our mon- mundane world that is closely connected to the underworld alien not alien alien I guess it would be alien <laughs> <laughs> not alien alien come on guys <laughs> um so just mentioning again uh the underworld is not like the christian hell that we would you'd think of it's just a place where um so there's a couple thing useful things about it but one of them is a place where spirits wait to be reborn so it's actually kind of like you know not again not undead it's kind of like a just another world where people and things do exist gotcha uh kind of like a reincarnation kind of thing also kind of happens down there interesting so, so that's, um, that and that's the alenin whatever Alenian, it is yeah, yeah. Cool. um and so in this underworld there live spirits of the dead um and that's a kind of weird translation that i don't completely know if that's true but basically it's a place where its own group of things potentially spirits of the dead but spirits nonetheless live very similar to that of the living there's also several magical creatures um, and there are good and bad creatures that live there. Um, and then, so in the middle world, there are houses, spirits 
um, as well, like nature spirits, but also like us humans and animals and plants and everything. Um, mm. And what tends to happen, at least in these stories, that the underworld spirits tend to be a little bit more um, kind of like neutral, but maybe slightly more prone to evil, um, but they just don't care or don't interact with humans very often. Maybe as if we're like small fry in the in their eyes or like yeah because i mean to them. for the most part they've got magic we've don't you know kind of thing like hey, that's not fair <laughs> I, I mean sure well i mean it and, makes sense though, yeah. and when i say that we i mean the, the that like these this mythology did and religion had you know shamans and witches and stuff like it did have a magic in its own but i don't think it was right. on the level of these other planes um gotcha. also pretty interesting enough like i was talking about how it was kind of like an animalistic religion uh the bear specifically was the most sacred animal in the finnic mythologies interesting yeah so, yeah That's um pretty cool so now that we get into this you know we understand the, the the worlds a little bit um and we and we're trying to figure out like where this moose creature kind of thing would you know where its place and everything would be um we noticed that it's kind of hard to to pinpoint it exactly, but uh, what we've kind of gathered is that these religious traditions had basically these animal mothers in a way, um, or like the leader or master of a species that would take care of their offsprings in the, in their respective realms. So, so like. like Maybe an originator of the species, like way back when the yeah. first moose. Um, so like a, a, a master or a the animal's mother or you know predecessor kind of thing could reside in the higher world, like um, like the bear spirit that was the most important. Like that was kind of like the the main deity or deer or reindeer in some regions. Um, and then in the underworld, we would have like the wolf and moose spirits living there. Um, hmm. And so that's kind of why we believe that the moose was the most or was is what this creature was because of what it does. And if it did live in the underworld, it would definitely be a moose. So how the Hayden Hervey would like what it did was if a hunter doesn't pray or, or pay their pro- proper respects, um, according to their rituals when hunting, if they didn't, you know, show respect to the animal that mm-hmm. they were killing, which sounds weird for me saying, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so the if they didn't pay the proper respects, didn't follow their, you know, their respective rituals for hunting, um, right. the other animal. So in this uh, respect, it would be the Hayden Hervey, um, the the moose the mother of the animal would refuse to cooperate and wouldn't gift the hunter any prey. Um, and so speak like, and that would be for all animals, but specifically right. for the moose or whatever, um, with the respect of it being in the underworld, the Hayden Hervey would get vengeful and would seek uh, send calamity or disease to that person who breaks the ritual or whatever. Right. Um, so basically it would be cursed. Um, so we'd Thanks. see Hervey um, appear as a kind of a trickster who would drive the hunter into a frenzy where they'd kill themselves in exhaustion or get lost Jeez. or hurt something or get hurt or um, in, in very few accounts that they would actually cross the border into the underworld and not be able to get back. Dang. But that, that one is definitely something that we see a lot more in the Christian stories than in, in these original stories. It almost seems like an interesting, almost kind of like, I don't know if vigilante role is really the right way to put it, you know, but it's just like dealing out its own kind of version of justice. Yeah. In which like, if you're, so to speak, like breaking the the laws and of that they have set or like upsetting the natural balance, not being respectful, you know, that they're going to take you out. No, I mean, totally. And the thing is like, I'm sure you guys were not expecting the first thing that me say was they'd kill themselves or, you know, right. But yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see how important these rituals and the paying respect to the animal and nature Seriously. was to these people that like, this was, you know, it, this is serious to them that, you know, if you don't, it, it, for like, 
like I said, it's hard for me to talk about this specific, like for me, but like to, to like to grasp that concept, but like just in general, if you think about these, you know, people living and they have to kill these animals, right. Paying respect is such a big part of this culture. Right. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. Um, it's, it's very cool to see that, you know, like I'm talking about this potentially monster creature, supernatural being, and yeah, it might be like, a, you know, you could see it as like this vengeful mom, you know, protecting her, her kind or whatever. But like, to me, is it really, or is it, you know, that person deserves it? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I would say it kind of makes sense in that, like, so I get where they're coming from in that, like, like you were saying, these people, they are living out in not necessarily wilderness, but like they're living off the land. And so they have to be able to have something to survive off of so they have to go hunting they have to eat food and although they need this food to survive the they're also taking a life to be able to survive and so like they have to have show some amount of respect for basically if not the god of that animal type at least like the protector of that animal type and so they're basically just like it's their responsibility to be like hey thanks for allowing us to continue to live because of you, now we can survive. And if they don't do that, the animal's like, all right, then you don't deserve, or the guardian animal will be like, hey, you don't deserve my gift. You don't deserve to continue living if you're not going to be grateful for it. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. It just, it kind of makes sense to me. No, it, it, I can get it, that. Yeah. Um, and so here, um, this next point, we'll be able to a little decipher a little bit what the Haydn Harvey translates into. Because another name for another creature is the Haydn Hirta. So Haydn Hirvi, Haydn Hirta, what what does that mean? So Haydn is a very is attributed to the underworld. Okay. Um or or just like sacred place, you know, something along that line of just another plane, hence underworld, right? And then Hirvi would be probably moose. Hirta would be his hound or wolf. Um, so mm. Haydn Hirta would be hound or wolf of the underworld. So then right. the like underworld. you were talking about, there's like bears and wolves down there mm-hmm. too, right? Yes. Well, so bear would be like, the, they're, they're in the higher. Plane. Oh, so they're not in the under one, no. in the upper and, and one. That, and, and that's because they're the sacred animal. Right. And even though they're not like these things in the underworld aren't evil, they're in just a higher place than the middle world. It's, I, I mean, I don't quite understand the logic behind it but yeah so um these two creatures though the hide and here be hide and here to um appear to be have a like their companions to i'm 100 mispronouncing this but it, the taijaha definitely mispronounced that but they are companions to that um which very very loosely translates to someone who has knowledge um and we can, as you know, people who are much smarter than I am, um, basically attribute that to what the Sami would call a Nyoti, which is witch, um, or an Eastern shaman. So, some like a religious leader probably would be someone who has knowledge. So, like a, a witch or a shaman or some someone who has got religious importance would be gotcha. companion, or that these creatures would be companions to them. Dang. Um, which that sounds like a pretty cool. neat yeah um and then uh there were certain ritual poems that would use that the uh these witches or shamans or whatever would invoke uh these spiritual pow- uh, powers and the allies or these val vaki uh which is like it's kind of hard to explain but basically that the they would do these rituals to to summon these animals to them or these creatures right. i guess um and i i think that's like they'd pull them out of the underworld Um, interesting so they would be like walking around in our plane of existence they would Mm -hmm. yeah um and we we've or there are stories and stuff of them um even like using them as like like steeds like this person would be riding around this huge moose or whatever you know that's awesome would that pull them out of the underworld for like forever or just for a little bit was it for a I certain amount of time i think it would just be like for a certain amount of time like a, I, don't, okay. I don't know but i mean my, my idea of ritual is 100 coming from like D, so yeah, right. <laughs> no fair 
I would think as well that it only be a limited amount of time, and then yeah. the 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 spirit would want to go back to its other duties. You know, like they're probably yeah. pretty busy. That would make sense to me, especially if there's only one of them in existence. Then yeah, it would make sense that like eventually they're gonna have to go back to where they're originally from. If there was well, a bunch of them, I, I could be like, okay, well, or like a bunch of the same animal yeah. type, but like all different one, like all guardians. Then I could be like, okay, well, you pull one of them, but there's still a bunch of other ones still in the other place to be able to help continue protecting. But well, and it, and it uh, seems like these rites or rituals would be used to summon them to face evil, actual evil spirits, things that uh, would cause disease or pain or you know chaos or something that these spirits were used to fight against that and it could be you know maybe an underworld spirit escaped and so the only way to fight that is with an underworld guardian kind of thing you know and so right. the guardians of the underworld or something i don't know i'm i'm kind of just speculating here so but, the, is uh, this like a, the start to like a detective drama yeah <laughs> right and, and you're investigate uh, the escaped evil spirits you know and your detective like partner is one of these spirit animals that's going to help you and that'd be pretty a, cool it can be your it's your mount your ride and also your like partner in crime or i Seriously. guess partner in not partner crime. in justice yeah <laughs> but uh that's kind of most of the information other than like these poems and songs that i haven't translated i don't know if they're i mean i'm sure i'm sure at some point someone has translated them i don't know but oh. uh, um, that's you know just a brief kind of overview of what the pre-christian era hiding here looked like um very cool it, I, to me it seems like they're guardians or something right. um, but then yeah. also can be vicious or something if someone doesn't appreciate nature definitely yeah they seem like protectors of like the natural like order of nature you know is it yeah. that they're there to see that like you don't like overhunt an area or you're not ungrateful for their children's sacrifice to keep you alive you know yeah definitely yeah. but i do find it like super fascinating to think that like in like perhaps a polytheistic religion that like each animal uh species has its own like god so to speak i think i find that extremely fascinating yeah same that's very cool and the fact that, like, you have to pray to each different animal, I think it's very interesting. Like, depending on which animal you're going to be hunting, it's like, all right, well, I guess I got to pray to this one. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd definitely be interested to know if there is, you know, a different ritual for each animal, or maybe it's just, like, an offering just in general. Because if you look at every single polytheistic religion that we know of today, at no point was anyone ever praying to every single God or right. you know, something yeah. for every single God. So like, I, I don't know if it would be the same for this one, but it could just be kind of like a hail Mary kind of like to every. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like almost like paying to particular saints or whatever. With a monotheistic mindset, which m- most people in the world have, because that's just kind of what's True. common you'd think you would think that you know you pray to the one god for everything and so if there's multiple gods you'd pray to them for individual things whatever they're over i just i just don't think that's how monotheistic or polytheistic gods work but i i honestly i have no idea i'm no i uh, thought tough to say for sure my thought was just that like if they're kind of or at least one of their responsibilities is basically being like the guardian of their species of animals and like trying to protect their version. And it would make sense that then therefore they're like responsible for all of their animals. And if you're going to be hunting their animal, you have to go to them almost for permission. Because like when you were saying earlier, if you're going to be hunting that animal, if you don't pray to them, then they make it so that you can't find any prey that you're not going to be able to get any kills. You're going to get lost, hurt, or whatever. Pay trip, like pay respects right. or whatever. Not pray. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. And so, if you don't pay tribute to them, then they, you can't find anything. That would make sense to me. And it also, I always think it's odd when there's like, when they have like animal based 
deities and stuff. I always think it's odd if there's one animal that's kind of like the deity of over all of the other animals because it's like, but why? Like each animal is different. Each animal, like animals don't really associate much with each other all that much. So like, why would one, why would the lion animal deity be over all of the animals when like each animal kind of is individual by itself? So and that's, yeah, that's why like, it's very interesting that like, it yeah. seems like every animal has like their respective, whatever underworld, yeah. higher whatever like guardian or. You know, Which I think is super cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So now as we get into the Christian era, I also just realized in the notes, I put Christian ear, not era. <laughs> nice. Let's talk uh, about the Christian ear. Talk about the Christian ear. <laughs> and uh, so Christian era and modern times, because um, what, you know, what we just talked about in the pre-Christian era is definitely not what's in the pop culture of that area. Right. If you ask right. someone area who even knows the name, they're definitely going to know more about this makes sense time so um like i mentioned before we have the um kelvala i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right still but it's fine um we're pulling most of our information from that because that's the collection of poems and epics and stuff that were written during Mm -hmm. this time um so we're gonna go through a whole curveball here and just add a ton of information that we didn't have before so (laughs) what what this the saga is called that we get most of the information from is called the saga of Haydn Hervi goblins elk. So it kind of mistra- or mistranslated or just translated into elk this time. Um, right. I'm still not sure because it you'll see later, but basically it's a story about a wild elk reindeer moose. However, it's translated that was created by goblins and goblins okay. is translated to high C high C like the drink. I just realized nice high C. Anyways, so goblins, um, which technically isn't goblin, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so, because goblins didn't, the word goblin didn't really exist until Lord of the Rings got right. into the, like into Finland. Exactly, like it, like once that book came there, they had to make a word up for goblin, and it became oh, really or high sea or whatever. Yeah, so like interesting. It, the idea of goblins didn't really exist before that so what is it we're just attributing it to goblins uh-huh. it could be I'm, I'm guessing it's elf but it's fine whatever um we're just gonna go with so sounds good to me nonetheless these goblins would uh create this elk reindeer moose or whatever it is right and they would send it to create chaos when hunters try to catch it and they would lure them into perilous mountains and the underworld. So we're just going to kind of break apart this, this saga a little bit. So according to the Finnish origins um, or origin myth, the elk was born in the sky, but the goblins created it using elements of nature like wood branches, branches and grass. So in the saga, what it says is um, and the head was made of punk wood, horns of nailed willow branches, feet were furnished uh, by the rushes, legs uh, by reeds aquatic, veins were made of withered grasses, eyes from daisies of the meadow, ears were formed of water flowers, and the skin of uh, tawny fir bark, out of sappy wood the mussels, feet and fleet the magic reindeer. Which, uh, so, so what I'm reading from, by the way, is the Kalvala. Um, so, if you guys scroll right. up to my notes, but or if you guys just in general look up the Hayden uh, Helvi, this is the picture you'll see. So on the on the left, right? Um, oh yeah, it looks like, like a, a right like a here. goblin's like driving it. Yeah. Know? Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like I a didn't... mini Groot thing. You know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so those I are the things, it was like, a tree. The goblin. Uh, it, I think it's very cool, even that it kept its nature essence but it just went from spirit animal to like it's much more like grim you know yeah it oh. does look a little bit creepy oh for sure yeah like and i would have thought that that was like the grim reapers like <laughs> speed yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah headless horsemen's like right. a winter winter steed. for real but um, it's, it's interesting yeah, sure. how like um how like we were saying is that like after like Christianity kind of like got in and like changed this because like it definitely got is, more mystical. It got almost more like malevolent. 
like as well you know is yeah, that it, it definitely went from, like guardian to it's gonna get a lot it's more a trickster like, you know like a straight up people, like yeah. trying to kill you mm-hmm. and um it just it like it's interesting how it fulfills like the same role but almost its motivations are different yeah oh completely yeah because it's it's i mean it's in control of its creators the goblins who are the antichrist almost right the anti-christian um so after the goblins made this thing uh it would instruct the elk moose thing to run into lapland which um is just like a very northern part of finland um and cause mm-hmm. chaos so in the in the kalvala it says these the words the wicked uh heisi uh flee away the moose of yutnas which is a i think another word or the original word for these goblin elk thing or goblin elf things flee away thou hissy reindeer like the winds thou rapid courser to the snow home of the rangers ranger to the ridges of the mountain the snow-capped hills of lapland so basically the these goblin things just send their creation out to cause chaos you're like an attack Uh, dog so do you know if they made more than one of these? If these things are just roaming everywhere, or if there's like only kind of one? I think in the Christian era there would be multiple. Hmm. Okay. That would be so cool. Like, could you imagine a freaking army of goblins coming in riding these things? That would be <laughs> like, so scary. They just got like a uh, like a moose moose factory, you know, mises. <laughs> They're just churning out moose all day. Just meese every day, all day. Meesin. <laughs> so, um, but the chaos that they cause, it's just funny. When I think chaos and stuff, I'm maybe I'm just so like conditioned to think like burning of like houses and stuff, just uh-huh. in, like movies and like modern day. This isn't more like spoon talking and like well, that's what I'm saying. Like, go back in the day like that's exactly the kind of mischief and chaos that they're talking about which i just think is funny so but, it, but like what the the poem continues to say is thereupon the hissy reindeer or high sea i don't know what i'm saying yetness moose with branching antlers fleetly ran through fin and forest over lapland's hills and valley valleys through the open fields and courtyards through the penthouse doors and gateways turning over tubs of water through the kettles from the fire pole and upset the dishes cooking then arouse a fearful uproar in the courtyards of uh polia which is um not a real place but it's um one of the main locations in these myths and stuff gotcha Uh, Lapland's dogs began their barking. Lapland's children cried in terror. Lapland's women roared with laughter, and Lapland's heroes shouted. So, like, it flips over some kettles, tubs of water. It stops people from like doing their dishes. Man, <laughs> the just, women like... love it, though. And the I was just gonna say, and the women are just dying from laughter. What the heck? <laughs> the yeah, kids like, are running in terror. So <laughs> the dogs are freaking out. the The kids are like absolutely losing their mind. The heroes are like trying to mobilize and the women are just loving him man. that's awesome like, man this is awesome um <laughs> uh, and so as this is going on the uh like religious witches or shamans or whatever um the main guy his name is uh lemon Conan. i think that would that i just assume that, assume that i don't know how to pronounce anyone's name but it's <laughs> Conan. i think that's how it's pronounced um, he's a shaman. He's the main character of this saga. Uh, he puts on his magical skis and travels through the dangerous other world or yeah, man. Middle Earth to catch and or to chase and catch this creature um, that's been terrorizing the people. Right. So through the desert plains of the high sea, uh, glided over the plains of Kalma through the kingdom of Tony, which are all, I think, made up places. I don't think any of these are real places. These are places of, like, the, uh, well, the, the higher the dimensions. Yeah. Um, or probably the underworld, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, to, the, to the end of Kalma's empire, where the jaws of death stand open. So this would be, sorry, he's going to the underworld right now. Where the head of Kalma lowers, ready to devour the stranger, to devour wild Lemminkanen, but Tony cannot reach him. Kalma cannot overtake him. So he's traveling. He's using his magical skis to try to catch this thing. Um, and he's just able to outwit the 
forces of the the goblins basically um so quick aside maybe this is a dumb question but do you know what it's referencing with a comma it sounds Um, like a like almost like a being or like a, a person yeah i think it would be like the forces of the goblins but interesting very interesting that or it's a location place a place oh, called Kalma. I apologize. Sorry. Kalma is the Finnish goddess of death and decay. Oh dang. Yeah. That's what I was probably. thinking. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, she's pretty cool apparently. <laughs> but she can't uh, catch this dude on his magic skis, man. No. Oh. Who knew? Magic skis, they're the freaking way the to go. Of gods. Uh, oh, just sounds right. Just I'm kidding. Um so I'm wondering who Tony is then. Um, God of the underworld, darkness personified. So, oh, awesome. good old Tony. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he he does end up catching this. Um, what's it called? The hidden Hayden Harvey. <laughs> Anyways, so um, after chasing him for a long time, so we we continue reading. Uh, now the wild moose stamps and rushes, tears into the bands of willow. Um, breaks the oak wood pole into pieces and uh, upturns the hunter's hurdle, quickly leaping from his captor, bounds away with strength of freedom over the hills and the, over lowlands, over swamps and over snow fields, over mountains clothed in heather that the eye may not behold nor the hero's ear detect him. So very quickly, he does catch the Hayden Hervey, which is supposed to be impossible, but he's magical skis proved otherwise. And then the Elkor <clears throat> broke free, broke his magical skis. So now I don't even know. He's trapped in the underworld, right? And then is yeah, able to run away. Man, I thought this was like a gonna be like heroic like conquest. But no Absolutely it's a tragedy, it's, man. It is a tragedy because he's stuck in the underworld. <laughs> That's awful. And his magical skis are broken. This is tragic. No, it is. It's awful, but uh, it's, you know, it's that's that's what we get. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what happens when you try and trifle with like seriously dimensional beings especially made by goblins right mm. yeah so i would love to know why the choice was skis why why is he running around with skis not like anything else um that was a huge method of travel for people up in that area oh i guess that uh, makes sense I, I, my first thought was like a sleigh or like a sled no it's very but mountainous quickest way that is makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah okay all right, I'll give it to you this one. Like, skis make sense, but I don't know. I'm watching you. I don't know. I've I honestly am very proud of his skiing. Was I was I like I mean not that like I know everything, but like when I was reading this, I was like, man, like, am I like dumb? Like, when when were skis invented? And apparently, way longer than so I thought. true. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, they're pretty simple, right? No, they are. Yeah. I mean, they're just like wooden right that are like which one came first skis or snowshoes i assume skis i'd right? say snowshoes i mean, really? say snowshoes. Yeah. I, mean yeah. I, I would have thought snowshoes would be more useful but skis are more simple to make well but, so I mean, that's you gotta, where well, like you have to be able to walk before you can ski yeah and you gotta you walk before you can run you have to like walk efficiently and so snowshoes would come first because like how can you even think about gliding on the snow before you can think mm-hmm. about walking on snow? That's yeah, true. Like snowshoes establish the concept and skis kind of uh, take it to its ultimate form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My final form, the wooden yeah. ski. Yeah, yeah. Skis, the ultimate form of snowshoes. Heard of uh, speaking of skis, I was watching the Winter Olympics the other day. And yeah, uh, was fun. I was watching the people do like the speed skiing, like where they have to like avoid the, the flags and stuff man like i don't know much about skiing and i would love to learn how to ski but like that like and it was like during a, a blizzard like I, you could hardly see through the camera because it was just so like snowing so bad but like they're just wearing like the tight like tiny little outfit and going down on like dude like that's that's how that just does not look fun and like one of the people like crashed and like slid in the snow and i was like that just you must be so cold yeah man right just- but so uh, anyways yeah, oh my gosh so i mean yo so, but uh seems so that's like it was cool. two thousand years looks like snowshoes were invented in four thousand bc and then skis were invented in six thousand bc so 
six that's man there you go wait six thousand bc wasn't that before four thousand uh yes i was gonna say yes so i think skis were first what the heck dude also you can run before you walk i also would have thought snowshoes and or skis would have been made before that i mean it might be that we just haven't discovered any from earlier yeah and then like like, all of the other ones are just people have been around for a little bit longer than 6000 bc right yeah Yeah. people been skiing for eight thousand years (laughs) people have been skiing for a minute (laughs) And I haven't even skied once in my life. Same. So what am same. I doing with my life? <laughs> but before we get too oh, off topic, geez. I do want to finish with one note. Huge difference, right? I mean, we do see some similarities between the two stories, but like just how different were, you know, pre-Christian, post-Christian era. Very. Times, right. Like absolutely, you know, to me, astounding the difference. Um but what's even but what's cool to me that still sticks out every time I think about this is that we still have the pre-Christian stories. Mm-hmm. And because like I mean, it's pretty like, remarkable. Yeah. For for me, when I study Norse mythology, I don't know what's like. There's no way for me to depict what's pre or post-Christian because yeah. I just see so many, you know, similarities. And so I wonder mm-hmm. if because I mean I know that Russia converted to Christianity sooner than scandinavia i think i say i know and then i say i think i don't know but i i i assume that they did before and i don't know about finland but anyways it's just it's just very cool that like these stories are still around right yeah yeah Um, It, it just really makes you wonder like uh in norse mythologies like instance like what would the pre Christian like thor and odin be right you know like no, i suppose I, we could have the the kind of original versions of them but i wonder if there's like maybe a version before that is totally different and that's just i would love to know that that's yeah, yeah. Um, so intriguing and i you know i i definitely at some point want to return to the finish or finnick i would say because it's a you know more broad than just the finish but i would love to return to this mythology because there's so so much cool stuff to learn um yeah. just you know, quick note really quick just you know for maybe another week um other animals that the these goblins which is of course the christian era but because we do have right Christian era but that the the goblins had a hand in um were the hissa uh high sea horse or horses there's a couple horses that are in the mythology that are pretty pretty cool oh nice uh, hide in heoven like the underworld horses mm-hmm. and then there's the uh Icy ox, which is the Haydn Harka. Uh, the ox is pretty cool. Uh, just a little bit of reading I did on it. I won't do any spoilers though. And so they're cool because, at least in the Christian era, because these guys were way worse than the the moose or elk or whatever. Because these guys brought disease, pains, uh, eat, like bad witches, evil do. Well, I guess bad witches, witches in the Christian era would have been bad no matter what, right? Yeah. Uh, evildoers to the middle earth and out of the underworld um and what's cool about these and uh that the shamans would command the animals with spells and like the the goblins and stuff like it was all about like it's just Dang. very very cool stories um so maybe i'll have to go into that i'd also yeah. love to do some of like the the gods and stuff of yeah these, i, w- I want to know about Kamri, man let me know right? <laughs> so just, what's she like what's she up to if you guys are like you two or any of the listeners like this is a mythology that is so untapped with people like learning about it and it, it's just full of incredible stories i highly recommend doing looking into it if not we'll probably come back it's just it's a very fun thing to study i love yeah that. absolutely and uh, kind of also on the same vein. If you want to learn about Kalma or any of these other uh, Hisi or Heisi creatures, you can now tweet us at our new tweet. Oh my page. goodness. You what? Tweet. We sure finally got it up and running, I should say. <laughs> it, I finally got around to it. But you can tweet us at the yeah. Vanquishers Pod on Twitter and you can. Uh, 
just talk with us, you know, like tell us some uh, different creatures that you'd like to see or maybe yeah. just uh, let us know how you feel about the show. And always, you know, give us ratings, bad or good. Preferably, preferably good. good. Preferably good. Yeah, definitely preferable. I just but... want to be rated, you know. But honestly, we just, we again, we appreciate all the support that we're getting. Uh, check out our Twitter. We'll be doing some more postings. Um, check out TikTok. Yell at us there. We can get some recommendations there. Yeah, uh, TikTok. And of course, man. we love doing these every single week. We're so glad to be back. So look forward to next week. Yeah, just uh, thank you all. You know, it, we look forward to an awesome year ahead, honestly. Oh my gosh. New it, year, new us. I forgot, it's already mm-hmm. February. So I was like, man, we're like halfway through the year already. Halfway it through. Feels like month, it. Man. <laughs> it feels halfway, it, dude. It's going fast, but man. This year. We got, we got lots of time to do lots of really cool things. Totally. So exciting. Well, we will catch you guys next week. Have a good one.